That's music by composer Elena Katz-Chernin. The piece is called Still Life. We heard Stephen Emerson piano and Patricia Pollitt on viola. It's in six movements. We heard the third movement there. All six of the movements are centered on the note D, and the still life here is not uh, based on a painting. This is a musical still life. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Seth Bosted. My subject today is the still life. I kind of can't believe I haven't uh, covered this subject before. <laughs> it just occurred to me uh, a couple of weeks ago. I thought, oh, I bet there's a lot of music inspired by still life paintings, um, or in this case, by uh, the, the concept of the still life. And I looked it up, and sure enough, there's a lot of fantastic music. I'm sure you know that a still life painting is an object or a, a series of objects, man-made or natural. And the idea is uh, to, to get us to look at the world a different way, to see these ordinary everyday objects as art. Uh, what I like about a still life is that we all have associations with these objects. So no two people are ever going to view a still life painting the same way because of our own personal uh, baggage, I guess, our own associations with the different objects. Uh, of course, these objects do take on a new meaning um, when uh, seen through the perspective of the artist as well. And so it's interesting to see how th these still life paintings or the concept of a still life, looking at life a different way, looking at life through the perspective of another person, how that's inspired composers. The next still life is by composer Alyssa Weinberg. And she says this was commissioned by the Enso Quartet and clarinetist Benjamin Mitchell. It was made possible by the Chamber Music America Classical Commissioning Program. When writing Still Life, I was responding to what I felt was a simultaneity of differing emotions in Picasso's 1911 painting, Still Life with a Bottle of Rum. To me, the painting evoked the sensation of a mirror being shattered with a hammer, with the shards and fragments frozen in action and hovering in stillness, despite being in the middle of this violent and energetic act. The first movement channels this frenetic energy, while the second movement responds with a meditation on the icy stasis. We only have time to hear the first movement, but I encourage you to check out Alyssa's SoundCloud page and hear the whole thing. Here is Benjamin Mitchell on clarinet with the Enso Quartet, performing the first movement of Still Life by Alyssa Weinberg. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's music by Alyssa Weinberg, the first movement of her piece, Still Live. And it was commissioned by the Enso Quartet and Benjamin Mitchell, who we heard performing. Fantastic performance. And it was made possible with support from the Chamber Music America Classical Commissioning Program. And I, for one, am very happy that they chose to support this project. I think it's a fantastic piece. Uh, I was thinking as I was listening to it about this whole concept of representing a still life musically. Music is, of course, a temporal medium. And uh, this piece is in two movements. And as we heard before the piece, Alyssa talks about the first movement being the moment of shattering a mirror with a hammer, uh, that violent act, as it were. And the second is uh, the moment of stasis, the, the, the still life here being uh, you, you actually have stopped time, as it were, and yet she's representing it in a temporal medium and does a fantastic job with it. So do check out that second movement on Alyssa's SoundCloud page. But that was the first movement. It's a fantastic piece, Still Life by Alyssa Weinberg. Let's turn to a piece by Tanya Coe called Still Life Crumbles. Now, every composer on the program today has a different interpretation of still life, and uh, I think that's that's true generally. The, the idea of the still life is long since broken through the boundaries of, of just the art world. Uh, people are interpreting this idea of still life in a variety of ways. So let me read Tanya Coe's program notes. She says, The closing lines of Amy Lowell's 1915 poem, Aliens, presents a whimsical yet bittersweet moment. And while I laugh, my spirit crumbles at their teasing touch. The imagery of these lines seem to be the ideal sonic inspiration for a violin-harpsichord duo. I was particularly interested in integrating the instruments timbrally, rather than showing off their obvious contrasts. The music gestures of this piece continually crumble and splinter in various ways, ultimately resembling the unpredictable rustling of autumn leaves in the wind. Let's hear the piece. Here's Laura Colgate on violin and Andrew Welch harpsichord. This is a live performance.
Music of Tanya Ko, Still Life Crumbles, for the interesting uh, combination of violin and harpsichord. I love in her program notes, she says, the imagery of these lines from the poet Amy Lowell seem to be the ideal sonic inspiration for a violin-harpsichord duo. It's so fascinating how composers think. <laughs> you just never know what, uh, what, what will conjure up, uh, what will conjure up uh, musical ideas. Uh, so that was Laura Colgate on violin and Andrew Welch on harpsichord. I'm going to turn to a, a personal uh, interpretation of the concept of the still life. This is a piece by Missy Mazzoli called Still Life with Avalanche. This was commissioned by 8th Blackbird back in 2008, and I have a marvelous performance, actually a fantastic video that was sponsored by the percussion company Vic Firth. Uh, check that out on YouTube. It's, it's just an incredible video. I counted at least eight cameras, uh, one uh, on the ceiling, <laughs> nice, beautiful aerial shot of the ensemble. Uh, about this piece, Missy says, the piece is essentially a pile of melodies collapsing in a chaotic freefall. The players layer bursts of sound over the static drones of harmonicas, sketching out a strange and evocative sonic landscape. I wrote this piece while in residence at Blue Mountain Center, a beautiful artist colony in upstate New York. Halfway through my stay there, I received a phone call telling me my cousin had passed away very suddenly. There's a moment in this piece when you can hear that phone call, when the piece changes direction, and the shock of real life works its way into the music's joyful and exuberant exterior. This is a piece about finding beauty in chaos and vice versa. It is dedicated to the memory, the joyful, the exuberant, and the shocking of Andrew Rose. Let's hear Still Life with Avalanche by Missy Mazzoli, performed by 8th Blackbird.
That's music by Missy Mazzoli, a more personal take on the concept of the still life. The piece is called Still Life with Avalanche. Here, the still life is her life at a, an artist colony uh, where you're really just focusing on your art. Everything, the outside world, all of that fades to gray. So that's the still life. And the avalanche, of course, is this devastating news of a death in the family. It's a fantastic performance by 8th Blackbird. Again, the video produced by Vic Firth is one of the highest uh, produced, highest quality videos I've ever seen of a contemporary classical music performance. It's really, really fantastic. So do check that out. Let's return now to the piece Still Life, with which I opened the program by Elena Katz-Chernin, composer born in Uzbekistan, but spent most of her career, has spent most of her career in Australia. We're going to hear Stephen Emerson, piano, and Patricia Pollitt, viola, and I want to play movements five and six.
Core music by Elena Katz-Chernin, movements five and six of this six-movement piece called Still Life for Viola and Piano. Stephen Emerson on piano and Patricia Pollitt, Viola. I'm going to play a longer work now by composer Christopher Cerrone. It's called Still Life with Violin and Orchestra. And in the program notes, the first thing he does is quote Tom Robbins from the book Still Life with Woodpecker, uh, which is kind of a blast for the past, blast from the past for me. I haven't read that book in so long. Uh, but the quote is, here should be a picture of my favorite apple. It is also a nude and bottle. It is also a landscape. There are no such thing as still lifes. And then Christopher says, on an unseasonably warm January afternoon in 2007, I spent an hour staring at a building on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. At first, I disadmired the architecture, but as I stared longer and dusk came on, I noticed how, one by one, each apartment in the building would switch on its lights. The building became a gradually changing pattern of illumination, a living experience. Paintings, unlike music, are not fixed in time. While staring at a painting, my mind often wanders, and my experience with the work is interwoven with my own memories, thoughts, and impressions that evolve the longer I stare. Still Life with Violin and Orchestra's narrative is based on this experience, gradually evolving from a noisy opening to a central, lyrical section, and finally a melancholic ending. I asked the New York Youth Symphony and Han Bin to affectionately share the dedication of my still life with my dear friend, Marjolaine Lambert. She taught me the love of the violin, the careful advice and guidance of both of these violinists was essential to my creative process. Let's listen. Uh, this is Han Bin on violin performing with the New York Youth Symphony, Still Life with Violin and Orchestra by Christopher Cerrone.
Wonderful ending. That's music by Christopher Cerrone, Still Life with Violin and Orchestra. And we heard the New York Youth Symphony with Han Bin performing on the solo violin. I'm going to play a piece of mine now. It's called The Ascent. This was a fun project many years ago. The Amos Gillespie Quartet in Chicago asked me to be one of the composers for their project, Paintings Composed. And uh, the painter that I was partnered with is a woman named Sonia Glisic, who uh, I'm fortunate enough to still work with. Uh, she makes posters for my company, Access Contemporary Music. She's a wonderful illustrator, painter, all-around artist. And I worked with three paintings, one of which really intrigued me because it was called The Ascent. And okay, maybe a mountain isn't an object <laughs> per se, but nonetheless, there were no figures in this painting, just this mountain, this, this kind of uh, surrealistically represented mountain, and it's called The Ascent. So somebody must ascend it, right? Or is the mountain calling you to ascend it? Is, is it uh, is, it's a mountain, it's self-contained in and of itself, but we humans have to climb it. I don't know, but I, I thought, I never really asked her what her intention was in the painting, but I thought it was a pretty fascinating idea. So I wrote this piece, The Ascent. It's in two sections. One is contemplating the mountain, and the second is this kind of ascent, whether that's spiritual or actual. Somewhat interesting in instrumentation for this, too. It's a clarinet, saxophone, flute, and cello. Here's the Amos Gillespie Quartet to perform.
That's the Amos Gillespie Quartet performing my piece, The Ascent, a musical depiction of a wonderful painting by Sonia Glisich, and that's on an album called Paintings Composed. A lot of great music on that album. I'm going to go out with two works by composer Stephen Goss from his album. Can you guess what it's called? <laughs> that's right, Still Life. Uh, these are all for cello and guitar, and we're going to hear Kimberly Patterson on cello, Patrick Sutton on guitar. They are the duo, the Patterson-Sutton duo. So let's hear two movements from uh, Still Life, Color and Black. For Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.